0: Yes, 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 yes. Hey guys, welcome back to the Money Flow Trading Society's podcast, Mastering the Trade. My name's Gerald Peters. I'm the host of this podcast, and I believe that life is a trade. Today, I don't have a guest today. It's just little old me as we sit down for one of my Saturday messages. I try to give a message of inspiration, motivation, and just... I don't know, man. Just get you going. I put these – I try to stay consistent. Most of the time, these messages are just to people who are part of my subscription community on Instagram. This one wasn't. I just put it out to everyone. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get something out of it. This is the realest and the rawest. Like if you were at my house and I was on a whiteboard, which I do this often, and we're just talking about how can we get – you more in life? How do you get more money, get more time, get more freedom? Because ultimately, the whole point of the money flow, the whole point of trading, the whole point of investing, the whole point of entrepreneurship, mastering your job, developing skills, all of this is about getting your time back. And you do that with money. God bless. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Case I say something profound. And I don't really know what that means, man. It's just always been something I do. And I just figured out along the way that kind of no matter what I mean, that no matter everyone has a need for increase, man. It doesn't really matter who you are or what you're doing or what you're, whether you're 16 years old or whether you're 95 year old, everybody wants a little more, man. And and that may be, you know, more time to read. That may be more time to paint. That might be more time with family. That might be more time to work your business. Like it's a principle. From if you're alive, you want more. And the moment you start not wanting more,
1: we need this area.
0: Huh?
1: We need this area
0: to cut. Cut what? Uh, tile. Okay, tell them to go do what they gotta do. I'll wrap up. All right. They're fixing to come cut some tile, so I guess I'm gonna have to stop. But everybody wants more, man. That's the impression of increase. And I really think this book, the science of getting rich. If you go to my thing, I have a free link to it, man. It's and you could print it off. You could buy it on Amazon. You can get them pretty cheap. I got some dudes gonna cut tile. Just ignore them, man. They probably need to hear this message too. Whether you change your vocation or not, your actions for the present must be those pertaining to the, to the business in which you are now engaged. You can get into the business you want by making constructive use of the business you are already established in, by doing your daily work in a, quote, certain way. And insofar as your business consists in dealing with other men, whether personally or by letter, the key thought of all your efforts must be to convey to their minds the impression of increase. The reason being the desire for increase is inherent in all nature it is the fundamental impulse of the universe all human activities based on the desire for increase people are seeking more food more clothes better shelter more luxury more love more beauty more knowledge more pleasure increase of more of something in life every living thing is under the consistent necessity for advancement so think on that that's what trading is man that's that's you Wanting more, you know. <clears throat> but trading—it's a skill set, man. Like it's going to take you time. Like you, 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 you—you're going to, you're going to, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pay a price, man. If you're trading, investing's easy, man. I showed that today on my computer. Everyone here, everyone here, should be doing long-term investing somehow whether it be through dividends, stocks, whatever, right? And you should learn to trade. Why wouldn't you learn to trade? And you should learn how to buy real estate. Like, these are the things that set common people free. If you can invent a, an amazing product that does well, go do that. If you can, you know, create some massive business that makes massive wealth, go do that. But if you have a job right now, you're a regular person out here working, you you, will have all people need to get on the the idea of understanding time times amount times yield to understanding trading to understanding, you know, loans, uh, amortization loans, arms, how to buy property. Like you have a serious fucking urgency on you to learn this because you don't make enough money, man. You don't make enough money. You don't have enough and you don't make enough. Nobody on here does, you know. And, and and I think that that probably is apparent to you, and that's one thing that learning to like trade. And I I talk about like this, where's this is the money flow, right? You probably have it. If you read in the front, when we talk trading, we're talking in and out, moving out. Like there's an entry, there's a target, and there's a there's an order where if this doesn't go my way i want out now that may be way down here that may be never maybe you don't have one you got to define the parameters of that trade right but that those parameters that you define have to match some kind of actual uh, uh expected outcome meaning you can't be fucking delusional when you come at this, when you decide, oh, I want to be a trader, it's like okay, but are you a delusional person? Do you do you do you have a total misconception of how this could possibly work? Um, I was talking with a person, and you know, maybe you're on here. And they have one property. They're trying to figure out how to, you know, how can they have real estate? You know, like get passive income. It's like, dude, you have one property. You need like ten more, like. That's how, man. What do you mean how? And it it and it you know, how much is that worth to you? Are you willing to learn how to do that? Are you willing to learn all the pieces and parts and pieces that you need to know to make that happen? Is there a reason that you couldn't do it? Like do you have are there things that could keep you from learning to trade? Like you're like, "Gerald, it is completely fucking impossible for me to look at the S&P every day. I just can't do it." Okay, well, can't trade then right but if you say well i can do that okay cool so let's pull up that chart man you could just pick 10 things pick 10 10 things it could be 10 index funds it could be what what hurts a lot of people is they're scattered they're all over the place okay so if we're following gold follow it every day and look does it even move in a range that would allow me to trade it and if it does what are 10 ways I could trade it? And you're like, what do you mean? Dude, there's 10 ways you could trade gold. There's ETFs. There's ETNs. There's gold stocks. There's ET, you know, there's, there's, all, there's different ways of trading any one thing that you're trading. So let's say you had a bunch of growth stocks. And if you go look, there, I had a lady yesterday and she had all these growth stocks. Down pretty big. And I said, how much are you down? She said, 70%. And I looked and it's like Roku, Square, Snapchat, like, you know, or not Snapchat, Snap, uh, 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 you know, all these things. And I'm like, okay, how much, how much is ARC funds down? She's like, I can't add to all these. I was like, don't add to all of them. They're all in ARC. Duh, add to ARC. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, it's gonna be about the same, man. Arc owns Square, so when Square and PayPal and all these turn around, Arc's going to turn around. So the index of what you're trying to trade could be your option. You could you could sell those stocks, right? Take a loss, move it into Arc, and now you got one fucking thing to buy: Arc. And you get a, you just start buying that, man. That you know you could the penny stocks, IWC. If you go look at a lot of the penny stocks you own, IWC has the same chart, but it's one thing and inside of it is like 500 penny stocks well if you go look at your penny stocks they're probably moving very similar and if you go look at biotech penny stocks they probably look a lot like the biotech penny stock etf and you could say you know what i'm gonna just sell these and i'm gonna buy this and then i'm gonna bang this on stage ones and then over time you're gonna get your money back man that's easier than trying to add to 20 individual growth stocks if you don't have much money so when people tell me, well, I don't have any money, I can't add it. It's like, no, you're not thinking on, on this, man. If you, just saw, if you just sat and thought on this and just think, thinking is the hardest thing that you're gonna find in life to do, to just think and contemplate on a problem and, and then begin to see, okay, what are 30 ways I could do this? What are 20 ways that I could buy a house? And you're like, 20? And you're like, I don't know. Think of 20 different ways. Is, are there 20 ways? You know, you're like, no, it was really only five ways. Okay, now we narrowed it down. Let's think on these five things. So if, if and um, I learned this lesson in 2008, I had a shit ton of stocks fall. Well, guess what? Like most of my stocks were down about the same as the index or maybe a little more. And I said, okay, I'm going to target a couple of my favorite stocks and I'm just banging the S&P 500. And that's what I did. Stage one, buying the shit out of the S&P 500, you know? Bam, bam. I even buy some of the SS, the, the, the leveraged one. I just boom, boom, buying it. And then I had a few stocks. So that gave me a smaller world to concentrate on. Guess what? The overall balance goes up, man. So when the S&P goes up 100 200%, that position goes up 100 200%. Along the way, I could sell off shares and go back to buying stocks when the stocks recover. You know? It's not complicated. You know, you can, you, 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 so you can think on that, um, you know, another option, you know, and, and the, what, what I told that lady, you know, she didn't want to say, I was like, well, keep those shares, keep your PayPal, keep your rogue. keep all that and find an index that matches them and just start banging new money into that, man. It doesn't matter if it's in that or square. If they both go up 10%, it's 10%. Like you don't have to make your money back immediately from the same stock. You can sit on a stock and be red on it for three years and then at some point, you, you know, you've know, you gotten your thing down, and then it goes on a tear, and you end up being up 200%. And if you divide it, you're like, shit, that was like 9% a year. It's like, yeah, but for, you know, and I've had stocks like that where for three years, I'm in the red, only to see it ripping. You know, they turn shit around, and it rips and goes up 300%. Well, you divide it by the five years, and it's like, shit, I did 20% a year. But it looked like three years down, two years up. And, um, you know, that's... All right, man, I hate to interrupt this podcast, but I do got to pay some bills. One of the things I do for money is I do coaching calls or, you know, people can schedule time with me. Sometimes it's just to get together a game plan. It's a way to look at your stocks, talk about your portfolio. I don't give, you know, personal investment advice. I can't do that, but I could, I can't tell you what I would do in your situation. I talk with entrepreneurs. I talk with people who have jobs who are trying to figure out how to get out of their job. I talk with people about real estate. That's three things I can speak to. One, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a social influencer. I've written many books. I own a bunch of real estate, and I have a bunch of money in the stock market. And I was able to go full-time at this at age 32. And by age 38, I was a millionaire, and I've never looked back, and I haven't had a job. And today, I don't have a job. I'm sitting here in my courtyard. It's 11 o'clock. I don't have anywhere to go or anything to do. And you know, I make more, north of $200,000 if I don't go to work just from cash flow and dividends. And that's what I teach. That is the money flow. It's the one thing that I'm obsessed with. I spend hours a day on marketing, teaching, investing, real estate, ROI, cash flow, all these things that I try to teach and explain to people. This is what I do every day, seven days a week every week, every month, and I have for 20 years now. So the reason what I say is that I think if you have an idea or if you have a problem or if you need someone to bounce it off of, I could be your guy. I really enjoy these calls. If you're interested in booking a call, just hit my website, Gerald Peters, G-E-R-A-L-D-P-E-T-E-R-S dot info. And um, believe me, one person and one conversation can change the course of your life. Back to the podcast. That's how it's worked with me and oil, bunches of 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 stocks, man. Um I think everyone should develop some sort of short term trading. What you what I wouldn't recommend you doing it on twenty and thirty stocks, and I think one of the things that kind of messes people up too is patience and time and it's like some days there's nothing to do and but if you're a day trader there's something to do but i'm not a day trader so if i look there may not be any setup for me man may not be any setup for me if you have the money flow on page 16 i I talk about the uh checklist that covers every aspect of what you might run into when you're trading one a quantifiable edge meaning you need why is what you're doing? Why do you think over time? Why do you think it'll work? Like, where do you get this from? And you know, you know, um, um, uh, I meet traders all the time. Oh, they 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 spot a pattern. And you're like, what do you mean? Well, the stock falls to three dollars, and then it'll shoot up to five, and then it comes back to three, and it and if you go back and look over time, it's done this like six, seven times, and they're like, so it's now at three. So that's the. That that's the plan. And the quantifiable edge is a positive expectation that it's going to do what it did before, right? You know, so that's, and that's a common theme inside of trading that if oil sells off, there's a time where oil goes up. And if gold sells off, there's a time where gold goes up. And if technology sells off, there's a time where technology goes up. I mean, has it ever gone up in history? And you're like, yeah. Has it ever gone down in history? Yeah. So there's, there's, we might have a correlation here. Prices might move. And if we're smart enough to see patterns, now we got to determine inside of that pattern. Remember, I talk about the money flow as a fractal pattern. The money flow itself is a fractal pattern of price movement. And you can see it, and it's fractal in the sense that you can see it on a five-minute chart, a 15, a one-hour. But your time frame changes the definition of what it means for you to trade. So... There is no if you if you can't identify your edge, you have no edge. There is no trading. That's Lorette will you know? That's picking green. There's no edge to that. It's a that's a c- complete randomness. But with stocks, it's not that way. With poker, it's not that way. With real estate, it's not that way. There are definable edges. You know there are there are or there are or, or, you know in 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 any in in, in 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 all of those there's commonalities like. Talking with a person the other day. They've owned a rent house for two years. When they bought it, there was already a tenant in it. Now, I moved the tenant out. Maybe not that day, but I'm not fixing shit on this house till they're gone. They gotta go, and then I'm gonna remodel the whole thing perfect and beautiful. It's part of my business plan. It's part of my quantifiable edge, an edge that I don't have to spend a lot of time working, doing repairs, coming over here for little things like that. I wanna fix everything, make it beautiful, make it new, because I know it'll last seven to 10 years. And I can collect rent with not much interruption, not much links, and I can put my focus on other things. But if I own a bunch of shitty things that all need repaired, they're gonna constantly be calling me or not paying as much money or causing me hassle. So part of my quantifiable edge is defining the type of property. Well, same in trading, man. I need to define it. Um, we talk about markets, what to buy or what to sell. I think you should spend some time with that. Like, don't overcomplicate that, man. Like, start with where you are, with who you are, with what you do. My friend Anthony just jumped in here. He he's he 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 calls himself a handyman, but he he's a worker, man. He's an artist. Build porches and decks and shit people want, bring it to life with his hands. And you know, that requires what? Tools, man. That requires tools. Sa- same in trading. Trading's gonna require some tools. You need charts, right? You need, you're need. you probably gonna need some subscriptions or two. You're gonna need to spend some time like to, to build a deck unless someone, you know, I don't know about you, but no one came over to me and said, hey, Joe, let me show you how to build a deck. I went on YouTube, I looked at decks, I took some apart, I started, I was like, fuck, well, I'll just do what they did. And I just bought the same board and I measured it and I put it in through that repetition you know what I'm, I'm, I'm what am I I mean that's that's my market so I spent a little time learning about that what are what are the moving parts of a deck there's only so many pieces to a deck guys there's maybe three types of wood right three sizes of wood there's maybe one type of screw you're gonna use and you're gonna use a certain size screw right you're not gonna go get no 18 inch like why would you do that and you're not gonna get one too small you need to get one just right. You need a drill that'll put it in. That's trading, man. Same thing. You need charts. A lot of you guys got the freebie charts. I don't know why I can't trade, Gerald. And it's like, because you don't actually give a shit about trading. That would be a good place to start. Like, you're spending very little time on it, man. Um, or, or you know, and, and if you say, well, no, I'm spending a lot of time on it. Okay, well, let's look how you're spending the time. Are we... Are we practicing the tools? Or are we spending time with the MACD? Are you looking at charts? Are you trying to think through the, like what is actually happening right now in the market? You know, where is gold? What is happening? Where are bonds? Why are they down? Why is the SP down? Why, why is this happening? Not some dude on YouTube, like you, when you look at it, what do you see? Is it an uptrend? Is it a downtrend? You know, and, and, and when you, if you were gonna repair, what is it? This is what you have to work with. This is the the pieces you have. This is the size of the building. There's only so many pieces and parts to it, you know? And in trading, we got to define our quantifiable edge. We got to figure out the markets that we're wanting to do. In real estate, dude, you know what my quantifiable edge is? I'm putting 20% down. That leaves 80% That's somebody else's money. The chances of the market falling 20% it would have to fall 20% before I'm even underwater. My edge, I'm buying my edge on the way in. My edge is that I'm buying below market value. You say, well, what if it's not? Then I don't buy it. So each deal goes by a set of parameters. And then I say, okay, well, who's the end user of this deal? Well, who's my renter? I, I know who my renter is. Will they live here? Like, it's not about the price of the house and all that. It's like, no, will my customer, Use this. And if it's yes, this is what they want. Like my customer, I don't want a four bedroom, two car garage with a big yard. That's not what I'm looking for. That's not a rental property, that's a flip property, right? So my market, I need to define my quantifiable edge. There's no quantifiable edge if I gotta paint four bedrooms. With When you say four bedrooms, go ahead and add three kids that are destroying your shit, okay? That's not a quantifiable edge. You gotta sit and think on this for a second. Who's going to live in a three, four-bedroom house with a big yard and a two-car garage? And guess who gets to pay for it? You. No, thank you. I'll take two bedrooms, please. No big families there. See, that's part of my quantifiable edge. Does that make sense? And so that's how I begin to define the trade, man. Now, if I'm flipping a house, I don't want to flip a little two-bedroom house. Ain't enough juice on the, you know. I need a four-bedroom, two-car garage with a big yard so we can put some decks and porches, get my man Anthony over there to be painting and fixing it. This is a flip, right? So as we come to the stock market and we begin to define who we are, what our thought process is, what is what is a winning trade look like? What is it? Play it out in your head. Like chess, if you play chess a lot, like I can envision, dude, as I drive down the street, I go, money house. That's a that's a, if I say that's a cool house that's like for me that's not for a rental I'm looking for the shitty houses I don't want to live in them but I'm gonna fix them up right I'm gonna I'm going to make art of them but same in trading like it should become obvious that's what the pattern does for you the magic of the pattern is it's repet it's repetitive it's a fractal pattern so if I walk outside and it's cloudy and looks like it's about to rain I don't need a meteorologist the tool of price itself, nature, just told me. Nature itself, price itself, will tell you what it's doing, right? But it, it's hard to read it in one day, so we read it over a series of days. Again, part of the fractal nature of trading. Five days in a week, right? Two weeks, four weeks in a month makes makes what the twenty day moving average. And as we back up, these are you'll you'll notice all these uh, fractal patterns in price. So one, we got to. If you enter trading, yes, when you first start, you're gonna play around. Don't be afraid of losing. Put on a hundred, like, put on trades that it ain't no big deal. Have no expectation. You know, um, my man I was talking to yesterday said, you know, basically, what what's your expectation that I could pay for this with trading? And it's like you just started, man. It's such an entrepreneurial thing, you know. It's like we got to define our parameters. What what is what does that look like? What is a winning trade to you? What do you mean? Are you are you gonna sell it and then take that profit and bring it home? You know, if that's the game, well, and you and you got a thousand bucks, well, you're gonna be bringing home twenty bucks. You know, like you're not gonna bring home thousands of dollars from trading a thousand dollars unless you went all in on one thing and it hit and it goes up big, boom, you do it right. To, that's a hard that's a hard strategy to to replicate consistently and if you can you are blessed and if you can fuck man, go all in on that you know and you should be looking for patterns other than any pattern that i have the, you know the money flow pattern was the pattern that i came up It's the pattern that i play it gives me a, a quantifiable edge it helps i you know i i decide what markets i'm going to play in and i tend to you know i might bore some people because i tend to play in the same markets You know, I was showing on my story this morning. I've owned Pepsi, what, since 2000 and what was on there? 12 or something? It's not always exciting. I mean, Pepsi might do a year of nothing. And then it rips 40%. And then it, you know, you're like, cool. You sell a little. And then it drops 30%. And then it stays there a year, you know? And it's like, okay, well, that's not really trading per se. I know, that's a different game, right? So... It, what is your expectation that you're trying to get from the market? What is it you're trying to pull out of the market? You know I mean are you and, and there's no judgment in that. Like so my point is if it's if it's playing quick, then you, you got to define the parameters of your trade as if you're playing quick and execute that in your mind. What does that look like? And as you begin to, to repeat that pattern, like I, I, you see me do the whiteboard where I break down buying a property. I've done it so, I do it every day, every day. I go to LoopNet or Realtor and I, I look at deals and I can just see the price. I don't need to go through all those numbers. I've done it so many times. And it's like 20% down. This is the rent. I already know. segment to the podcast called Ask the Trader. If there's a trader out there you'd like me to ask some questions to, put them on I'll bring them on. We'll just drop it like 10 minutes into the podcast and I'm trying to get what they think is the current state of the market, whether it be stock market, real estate market, or the business world. So here's my first one with my buddy Ashton. We talk a little too long because, well, we're friends and that's easy to do. Hope you appreciate it. Let me know if you like this segment. I'll bring in more guests that just drop in for 5 or 10 minutes. Hey man! Happy Monday to you, sir. How are you? You too, sir. So, <clears throat> for you guys listening right now, this is my buddy Ashton Nolan. He's a stock trader, and give him your Instagram. I'm sure most of them know, but in case they don't,
1: at Ashton Nolan, all one word. Make sure you put the Make sure you put the D at the end of Nolan.
0: There you go. Don't you hate when people have is it? like underscore blah 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 underscore? It's like Jesus, dude.
1: Yeah, it's uh. It, <laughs> anymore i mean getting a a new fake account popping up almost on a daily basis
0: oh on for people pretending to be you yeah yeah it's never ending i've decided to spend no thoughts on it anymore yeah same other than just every once in a while reminding people not to be stupid um so yeah man i asked you to come on i was we talked about this before just popping in and kind of what you're seeing in the market um you know bouncing off what i'm seeing
1: yeah, I, it, it's more of the same, man. I think um, – I mean, we had a pretty historical run on Thursday last week whenever we had the CPI data.
0: That, um, that turnaround was something, huh?
1: Oh, my gosh. I, I, if I'm being honest, man, I got smoked on, on Thursday. Um, because I, I was just looking for the market just to stay within the range. I, I fully anticipated a lot of volatility for sure, but I, I, I was expecting it to stay within a range, and then we ended up having it almost a – one of the one of the biggest intraday moves we've seen ever.
0: <laughs> it it was, and I don't know if my group caught on to it as I was trying to tell them they just witnessed history. And and I was, you know, I wasn't positive when I was watching it, but I was like, I'm pretty sure that's one of the top comebacks.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the biggest day that we've had this year. Then I, because I was immediately that's where my head was going, but then I was like. You know, toward the hour, an hour, you know, within the market closing, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this thing is really trying to close at the high of the day. Mm-hmm. And in that last hour it made another huge push. And I'm just like, OK, we're we're in like historical territory now. And I think if, <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's like it was like the fifth largest single day movement in the
0: market ever. Yeah. Amazing. I love seeing those It always tickles me. Um, I think that goes right over 90 percent of traders heads that, you know, you were in a moment there.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're just collectively all year long. We're seeing, we're seeing historical unprecedented. Like, that's the word of the year, right. In terms right. of uh, talking heads and media outlets, unprecedented. That's the word. Um, and to a degree they're, they're largely right. I mean, you and I've been trading a long time and then, yeah, there's still some things that the like rules that the market still adheres to and always will. But there are some intraday swings and gap downs and gap ups that I've seen at such a rapid clip that I've never seen before.
0: Yeah, and I've been telling people, unless you, unless you're just really, really doing well, I, if you're not, I would just, I would keep trading. I would just lower my sizes. I, you know, that's what I tend to do when I when if I feel out of whack or things aren't going well, I just start trading smaller and smaller. I
1: I, I would agree with that. And I, I, I think you mentioned a really good point. You know, a lot of people are opting to just to waiting for the market to settle down and sit mm-hmm. on the sidelines and all those things. I'm sitting here saying, don't do that because if you're serious about trading, like mm-hmm. now is now is whenever you want to take some reps, man. Because this is this is the hardest kind of market to trade, and, and this is not just me saying this. I mean, I've, I've heard you say this a couple of times. This is a very difficult market to trade. Yeah. But if you if you sit on the sidelines and just let the market quote work itself out, the, I mean the market could be quote working itself out for two years,
0: you know. It's such a mistake because, like you said, it's like it's like you don't get experience. It's in these things, you know. You, you want experience in in ups, you want experience in downs, you want experience in hard to navigate markets.
1: Yeah, I, the the way I paint it is this. Imagine if if the market was in reverse. Imagine Mm -hmm. instead of 2020 and 2021, you know, this just that uphill climb. Imagine that didn't come first. Imagine this kind of market that we're in now. Imagine this came first. Right. And you 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 started cutting your teeth on this kind of market and you're you're trading the most difficult kind of market. And then and then after after a year of uh trial and tribulation and failure but you're still there and then a year like 2020 and 2021 come and then, oh. oh my gosh dude
0: where it was so easy
1: yes and, and now it like I, I can't even put into words how much easier it would be if you're if you took this market head on first
0: Yeah, it's great. It's kind of like if you had, it's almost like if you're a boxer and you're learning to fight or cage fight and and the people you're sparring with are pretty badass, right? Yeah, yeah. So imagine,
1: imagine, imagine you're sparring with Mike Tyson.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when you go to get in the ring, it's going to be probably a little easier.
1: Right, right. And that's, that's exactly how I look at things, man. And um,
0: it just, it just so
1: happens, you know, during 2020 and 2021, uh, a, a stock could look great, a trade setup in particular could look great for, two months you know mm-hmm. it's just now that's that same stock with the same setup That setup may only last for two days so yeah i know that's- all you know
0: and i'm normally a daily only charts guy but i've i've been telling everyone hey if you're swing trading you gotta at least drop down to the hourly here right because right. if we get any rallies i have no idea how long they're gonna last you know
1: yeah, I mean, well, just case in point, Thursday, going back to Thursday's historical move, <laughs> and then followed by Friday that, almost, I mean, wipes out more than half of that game from Thursday.
0: That was a big letdown, because I saw that, and then I'm like, okay, that's legit. If we follow through on this, you know, that's yeah. what I, and then we didn't. And I was like, oh, shit, I was waiting for a bloodbath this morning. Yeah,
1: I mean, we, uh, it, it's it's. The VIX is so high right now, you know, right. it, as long as the VIX is elevated above a thirty, right. we're gonna see we're gonna see bigger and bigger single single day moves. Um Yeah. So it, you know, that's all that's all par for the course.
0: But now do I, you trade the VIX or you just watch it?
1: No, I, I never trade the UVXY or the VIX because I mean especially with options. It's I, it's I see people like I, I, I see people buying and selling options on the VIX and UVXY. I'm just like
0: Think about what you're doing here.
1: You are trading a derivative of a derivative.
0: Yeah, it's foolish. Um, Now, if you're just looking at it like sports betting, like you're just having fun, I guess, you know? Yeah. Because I don't want to be the guy to rain on people's fun. And if that's how you're looking at it, it's just fun. Okay, you know?
1: (laughs) I had a a guy message me just the other day, and he was telling me that he was trading – trading the uvxy but it was a yolo trade so whenever whenever i hear yolo trade i'm thinking like okay this person's putting in one percent of his account right and you know looking to buy some calls or puts or whatever this individual put 50
0: percent of his account in the uvxy yeah that's just idiotic even if he'd have won i would have had nothing but unkind words for him
1: no i i I strongly agree and I, i was like you know what Even and this is exactly what I told this person, like, you know, even if you win right there, you can't it's hard to put that rabbit back in that box.
0: Right. You All you did was reinforce being stupid. I mean, it's just a matter of time before you lose your money.
1: Yeah. So I I, I don't trade those vehicles. I never have. And I probably never will.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, I did. I got obsessed with them like a lot of new people and and that phrase too we to go back to what you said in the beginning where people are sidestepping this market like oh I'm going to wait till things that's such an amateur thing to say or i wanna say am- i don't mean it in a bad way it's just like that's a new trader thing to do yep to just cuz no professional traders or investors literally just go i'll come back next week or next month they don't do that
1: the only time they ever do do that is if um and this happens quite a bit is if you're you're a you're a uh, a, a head trader on the trading desk of a major firm. Right. And it's January through April. And they say, well, we hit our quota for the year and in, in, in the first quarter and a half. So let's just take a, let's just take the summer off. I, I've seen
0: people do that. Yeah. But I, I would be the one guy still trading at my house. I probably like, would be too. <laughs> on my own, on my own machine or something. My own account, you know, and I see that even in the real estate market where a lot of, People who aren't that experienced, maybe just have one deal or no deals are like, oh, well, I'm going to wait until all this entry That's not how professional real estate investors look at it. You know, yeah, they're, from, they're from looking a professional, deals.
1: From a professional trader standpoint, if you're, if you are the head trader on a trade desk at a firm, mm-hmm. you, the way you trade versus someone like you and me trade, who's trading their own capital is very different.
0: Very different for sure.
1: So, because, because they're, they're handling other people's money, yeah. you know? So if 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 Kathy Wood has her traders, for example, or uh, Ray Dalio and his team and they say, OK, guys, our, our our percent target or our dollar figure target for the year is X. All right? And they have a kick ass Q1. Well, now they've hit their target. Now they're in preservation mode, you know, <laughs> so right. they don't they don't need like if they hit their quota in April or May. They don't need to keep pushing the envelope because now they want to keep that capital for their for their investors. But um, that that is the only instance that, that that would actually make sense. But if you're a retail guy like you, me, and the vast majority of pr- 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 probably every single person listening to this, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's no reason to do that. Because, I mean, if, if you're waiting for the, quote, ideal market, there's no such thing.
0: No, there's no such thing. And I've gotten that a lot lately, like, oh, this market's crazy. And I'm like, OK well, when has it not been like, you know, you must be kind of new. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's never followed logic, right? It's yeah. Nothing.
1: And, I, you know, the vast majority of people who are following you and following me on social media, a lot of them started trading in 2020. You mm-hmm. know, people were getting um, the, uh, the the checks, the stimulus checks. Right. And what the hell am I going to do with this? Oh, let's just put it in the market and see what we can do with it. That's, that's what that's what a lot, happened to a lot of people. I'm not saying that's, that's right or wrong. It's just that is the nature of what has happened in the trading market. And um, they've never experienced a market like this. I've never, to this degree, this is the strongest volatility market that I've ever traded. I think the one that comes relatively close for me would be probably the end of 2018, because that was when the, the Chinese terrorists were going on. Right. But other than that, I mean, this, nothing everything else pales in compared compared to, to what we're seeing this year.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's opportunity. Like what you were saying in the beginning to put in reps and, and if you can stay with it through this kind of volatility and, and hone your craft, so to speak, and mm-hmm. you know, not blow out, like avoid what your, your friend there putting 50% in the VIX and instead of getting silly, which is what you see people do when times get you know, rough, they get, they kind of throw caution to the wind you actually should probably get a lot more stricter yeah and honor the stops and and all these kind of things that go with trading like you should really focus on am i just executing correctly not did i make money or lose money
1: Um, that's people don't like to hear that but that is the secret sauce right there man it really is is,
0: because then it will get easy and when it gets easy you know what to do yeah and and you can do it in a big way
1: People get so caught up in the, in the, in the numbers, you know, and and Mm -hmm. the, and I, the way I explain it is the only way, the only reason you should ever get quote caught up in the numbers is if you're using the numbers to benefit you. So, and what I mean by that is like with, with my options trading, I, I take trades based on the math, based Mm -hmm. on the numbers, that's it. And that means that I'm using the numbers to my favor, but whenever people get into the numbers of money, right. They they completely lose sight of what's really going on. So for example, you know, we had this huge move on Thursday followed by another pretty big move on Friday <laughs> and people are sitting there calculating in their brain. Like, Oh, I, I, I can make this, I can make this. Like you have to take a step back and put it in the proper context because then you're, you're going after the wrong kind of numbers in that regard.
0: Yeah, yeah. it really is, man. If, and if you could get it across to anyone, I, I think we probably both agree. Just learn execution learn your strategy and focus more on that. And you can always add zeros. Exactly. You can always add zeros, man. And I I try so hard to get young people to trade with a small amount and just stay with it. And, and you'll, you know, people tend to lose interest if they don't start making money quickly.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been several times in my trading career where I've been recruited by like a prop firm, you know, mm-hmm. and they it, almost every, I've never accepted an invitation to a prop firm. So that's just not really my thing, but, Almost every single time you get you get recruited by a prop firm, they say, okay, I know you're used to trading with $100,000 in your account or whatever, but we're going to start off with 10000 Right. They do that for a reason.
0: Yeah. Know? They want to see the execution. Right. And do you go 50% on the VIX?
1: <laughs> I, I I have no idea how that trade worked out for that individual. Hopefully it but... could, right?
0: Hopefully. That's well, maybe,
1: maybe not. Maybe, maybe it working out against that person. Right is actually a bit more
0: beneficial to them long-term. I'll tell you this. I, all my mistakes, losses, and the things I did, even though I look back with regret on a lot of those things, it's what's at 52 has my base intact. And that's how I learned to allocate, you know, and diversify all through mistakes. Yep. And it wasn't that I didn't read it. I read it. I read the same books. Everyone else did. I just didn't do it. Like we tend to do when we're young. And, you know, hopefully you only got to learn once. And, but <clears throat> I wouldn't be where I'm at at 52 in the markets if I hadn't made – I don't believe if I hadn't made all those mistakes I made younger with the confidence that I have at 52, you know?
1: My, my experience with trading – and, and let me know if, th- if this has been the case for you. Anytime I make a dumbass trade mm-hmm. – um, or uh, let, me, let, me, let me rephrase. Anytime I have a loss, like a, a glaringly obvious loss – the reason why I lost that trade is also glaringly obvious. You know what I mean? So like I I was looking through my, my, my trades for the year, just going down my, my log that I keep. And, uh, there's, there's some losses that really stood out. I'm like, Ooh, what the hell happened there? And I, and I go back and I remember the trade. I'm just like, Oh, I know why I lost that trade. It's because I completely threw my entire strategy out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's, that's how, that's how it goes, man. Like it, it, you're going to deviate from your strategy from time to time. We're all, we're all human. We all tend to do that, but man, the worst losses I I have are the ones where I do that.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's probably worse almost that if you would have hit it well and did well, then because then you're totally off your strategy.
1: Right. Right. And which actually goes back to our point about the guy with the VIX. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, it it holds true not only for newer traders, but just traders in general.
0: It really does, man. And, it really does, man. <clears throat> so let's wrap with this, man. Any, any any trades that you're looking at out there that maybe are brand new that haven't taken off or? Um,
1: well, I, the trend is your friend until the end, and, and the trend mm-hmm. is, is down. So uh, and we got confirmation from that last week. We had that big pop on Thursday, and I was kind of I was kind of kind of in your camp too. I was just like, shit, this could be the beginning of a very large short squeeze mm-hmm. um, just market wide. But then we got that heavy rejection on Thursday. So, and it just so happens that the rejection took place right at the 21 day moving average.
0: Right. So it, I think I saw when I came on, the spy was touching the 20, but the last two or three times it's touched it. That was the turn down. I mean,
1: yep. So that's, that's the name of the game for me until it changes. Um, yeah. But in terms of, in terms of to the upside, I, I, I like how the energy sector is set, setting up right now um, yep. to the upside, but that, you know that could change because e- Exxon, Chevron, anything in the energy sector, they 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 adhere to technical analysis, yes, but man, they, they lose, they they move a lot on fundamentals too,
0: for sure. So, so I, a I'm looking for time.
1: yeah, exactly. I'm looking for Exxon and really the entire energy sector to make a make a pullback to the 21-day 21, de- uh, 21 moving average, consolidate right there, and go for its next leg up.
0: I. That, I hope so, because I'm in that trade with, uh, I mean, I'm on, I'm on some leveraged ETFs in that same exact trade. Yeah, we're,
1: yeah, I mean, we're hitting we're hitting some resistance right now around 100 bucks on, on Exxon,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: um, it does have some, I see some sell signals on my end, but that could be just a simple reversion back down to the mean.
0: Yeah. So, and I've been in that trade for a minute and I haven't been stopped out, so I'm kind of hoping for a little consolidation, maybe you could add to it. Yeah, possible. Awesome. Um, and uh, a trade that I'd give—I got a uh, long Amazon today, trying to short swing. We'll see as they go into earnings. Um, bottom fishing here. It, it's come back in the box today.
1: Let me uh, let me take a look at Amazon my end real yeah. quick.
0: And that's usually a, for me. That's a bullish signal to have broke the box, then come back into the box. And I, I I'm getting mild buy signals on Amazon on my end too. So right, and I'm been you know I'm obviously I like I said I've dropped the time frame down to a one hour. Um, So I won't be in it long if it runs as far as from a trade perspective. Sure. Um, Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. Let's do this often and I think people will dig it.
1: Always good to talk shop, man.
0: All right, appreciate you coming on. All right, see you, bro. Bye-bye. I know the rent's in the area when I'm looking so I can just see it. Won't cash flow, won't cash flow, won't cash. Oh, wait, look at this. And that's the same in trading you're going down your charts and you're like you're looking for whatever it is your setup is should be so so obvious and so clean you're like what's up what's up right and it's like that exact moment that it hits your perimeter that exact moment that the price goes 20 22 tick cross whatever it is your (coughs) your makeup is it's a beautiful thing man but that's being in tune right It's being in tune. So define what you think your edge is. Why do you think over time you'll win? Define your markets. We're on page 16 of the money flow. Position sizing. Position sizing. How much to buy or sell? How much on the position sizing? You know, how many trades can you have open? Well, I think that depends on your time frame. If you're trying to eat on the market, you're going to need big trades. Most of your money concentrated in one or two trades. That's it. If you wanna make big money fast, typically those people are doing it. Cause if you have your money spread in 80 trades, yeah, some of them may take off, but they're gonna be small, and then when you pull off, it's like so if that's the case, then you gotta be real. Like that shouldn't even feel forced. If you're the kind of person that's gonna bet twenty five, fifty thousand dollars on a single trade, I highly doubt you see that trade every day. Like that, you know, you sit down and play blackjack you're looking for certain hands you want a, you want the 9 10 11 and if you get a 5 6 you're just praying the dealer has a bus card right because you know what to do it's obvious that's a double down hand by anybody's you know interpretation of the game meaning because these games are mathematical there are there are, are there are, are uh, mathematical outcomes man <clears throat> and <clears throat> being that the game is fractal we can leverage up the trade or we can level. Here's the beautiful thing. You can take the same trade that maybe I take 25 grand. You could take it with a hundred dollars and you're trying to execute to learn. You're not trying to eat on this, you're trying to master trading. Nobody picks up a guitar and goes, where's the album where, you know, it's like, no, we got to play a minute, man. So we want to play. So. Quantifiable edge, the market you're going to trade, position sizing. Position sizing, in my opinion, comes down to the type of trading you're doing. If you're swing trading, I mean, I could have six to twenty of those going. If all, especially if I'm watching the markets a lot, I mean, that's not difficult, you know. But that, you know, that stresses you. Lower the number. Shouldn't stress you. Lower the number. Um, and so then I, that would be my the way I would position trade. And if I'm day trading large positions, I'm gonna keep fifty percent in cash. I probably don't want to be all in. On a trade, if if I'm if I'm swing trading, I'm sure I want to keep some money on hand. You know, if I'm position trading like I do a lot of times, I'm f- just fucking loading up, man. I'm I'm all in a lot. Um, stops, trade risk management. Usually, when I I don't personally do hard stops. Like I put a stop at 170 on Bark. Bark hit 167. I put in Discord. I hadn't sold it. If I don't text you, I haven't sold it. You know, if I. have if I text you, I sold it. If I didn't, I didn't. And, and um, you know, it, I don't do hard stops. Stops are, there's nothing magical about them. It's just a zone. It's an area where you're saying this trades against me. It's like, okay, um, you know, if it's right there, especially if you haven't noticed every Friday for the last four or five Fridays, the market has sold off into Friday. Or at least last week it did for sure. It did again this week, and then we see a pop on Monday. I'm gonna give it a date. That's just knowing the. That's just following the market, having some intuition about the market. You know, it, you know, is that the sell zone? Yeah, that's the zone. It's breaking the box. I anticipate if it breaks the box, it's going to go way further than that. So I'm just going to give it a minute, man. But again, that's just finesse trading. That's just watching it and seeing what happens. Um, so stops. You know, for me. You could, like Matt just said, he's been using trailing stops. Trailing stops are fun. I've played with all of this stuff, man. I used to use parabolic a lot. Go look at the parabolic. I used to I used to have a slight variation to the standard settings, and that's fine if you're playing triple leverage funds like the TQ or the SQQ or UPRO or SPXU or the UDAO, if you're doing those. Don't be afraid to take money off because they turn just as fast, you know, and, and in trades like that, I like to downsize as I'm winning. So when it does turn, it's not that big a deal, man. Um, those are great things to learn to trade. Right now, it's awesome because it looks like it's bottoming. So if you're new to trading, it's like get, get this, get the book, get a piece of paper. Say, I'm, I'm following you, pro. I got this much money. If it bottoms, I'm going to take this position. Print the shit off, man. Here's my target. Here's where I'm putting my stop if that's what you're trading. And if you're new, that's a great one to trade because it's just the index of the S&P 500 times three. So it's leveraged. So $100 is like 300 500 is like a th- – so $1,000 trade is like <clears throat> $3,000. Um, we are going to – what is our buy and sell signal? I teach stage one too. Buying a stage one is dangerous. When you buy a stage one, you're saying, I think this is the bottom. That's what stage one is, the bottom. It's also risky. If you notice in the Money Flow book, trading book, I'm not talking about stage ones much. I'm mostly talking about the breakout because as a short-term trader, I'm trading in the direction of what I believe the trend is. And until it's above the 20 and until price has gotten above it, the trend is still to the downside. So, when you buy stage ones, you're buying the riskiest part, attempting to buy the lowest part, the bottom. And, and think on that. If you bang them all the time consistently, they're good. Yeah, these guys start cutting. They go. Okay. Just I, do what they do. Why are we acting okay. weird? I didn't, to, I didn't know what the hell you were doing. Oh, we're good. Just do what you got to do, bro. Um, let's see. Can I buy leveraged S&P in the UK? I don't think so, bro. Give him a minute. (laughs) What's up, Michael? No, so they're redoing my bathroom, and the bathroom floor is jacked up. So putting in some river rock in there. I won't go long because I, I do need to let these guys cut, and it's kind of annoying to hear that. Um, quantifiable edge. Really dig in on the markets you're trading. You should start with at least five, man. You can't be all tech. Stop that shit. Stop showing me these portfolios and it's all tech, and then you're wondering why you're down 70%. Stop it. Now is the chance to fix that and become an adult. Now you should not be buying these growth stocks. You should be buying dividend stocks. We'll buy the growth stocks later. Now is the time to fix your problem of being undiversified. So do that. Stop buying growth stocks. Buy these dividend stocks. And then once you have your portfolio, we'll come back to these growth stocks. I would keep them. You know, if, you want, if you just have to, buy some. You know, If you got the money to do both, great, do both. But now is when you can fix those problems, man. Right now, today. Entering a trade, we need to know our we, so we need to know our quantifiable edge. Why do you think you have an edge? You know, I can go for hours why I think the money flow has an edge and position trading has an edge, and I know dividend stocks has an edge. Um, I why the markets? Um, why I, I you know I think I, I think I can explain why a basket of dividend stocks utilizing the money flow with the stage ones and trimming on threes can outperform an index fund definitely based on cash flow, without a doubt. I have no doubt about that because we trim shit that the yield is now 1%, 2% and roll it into stuff that it's now 5 and 6%. Like I, I know we can beat that. Um, stop losses, you know, you're an investor. There's no stop losses. You're in. You're an investor, in my opinion. Otherwise, you're not investing. Trading, you got stop losses. You know, There's a point where you throw uncle. You can be as strict and extreme on that as you want to be. And if you're trying to eat on the market, you're trying to make money, grind it, you know, like weekly, you're making money. You're going to have to keep those stops tight and you have to be okay getting hit with them. And you need to, you know, in on trades. You can't have 65 fucking trades. You need to have, you know, three, four at a time where you're trying to boom, bang them and then you're out. And you should be dropping down. You should look at the daily chart. You should drop to the one-hour chart. And then whatever time frame you're using, that's your trigger. That's your trigger. So the money flow to, you know, people are like, can you use it for day trading? Of course you can use it for day trading. Can you use it for options? Of course you can use it for options. Come on. It's, it's the worst price. Do you need to know what's, you know, worst price likely to go? Then yes, it could help you. I mean, Duh. I mean, I don't know. I talked to a kid the other day. He doesn't even use charts. I was like, I don't need, what are you an alien? How do you know when to get in? And he was like, Oh, uh, you know, we, I mean, what do you do? Read articles and do what they tell. I mean, how would you even know how to get in man without a chart? I mean, I can't imagine being that blind. And I was, and you know, he was in college and I was like, you have to stop this stupid shit right now, bro. Fix this. This is ridiculous. You're buying stocks without charts? You don't understand charts? What are you, in 1912? You're in college studying finance? You don't understand? Like, stop! No more, man. No, you don't get to be this dumb and be in college at a fucking Ivy League school studying net finance and you don't understand charts, dude. Like, you need to stop that immediately. This, you could be, this could be the dumbest thing I have ever heard. This is on the list of things that are really ridiculous that you're saying to me. Um, he could fix that like that, man. Imagine the advantage he'd have over his college friends, get the money flow, digging on that. Night and day, man. They're showing you, a, oh, we got this stock idea, and it just goes into a stage four, and he's going to be like, yeah, why don't we wait a minute on that? He's going to let it come down and start to turn, and then he's going to be like, now I think we can start on that idea you had. Meaning if a guy brings me an idea, I'll look at it and if it makes sense, cool, let's lay the money flow over it because the money flow gives me a quantifiable edge. It helps me narrow in my markets, right? Position sizing, how much am I going to take at risk? How? What's my trigger to enter the trade? It's not an article. It's not a guy on YouTube. It's not me. It's the pattern. You know, for me, that's what it is. Now, I may get my idea from a guy on YouTube. I may get my idea from a buddy over here. I may be walking down the street and there's a FedEx sign and I go, oh yeah, what about FedEx? And I pull it up and there it is, perfect. You know how many times I've done that? You know how many times I've made money walking down the street and seeing something, looking up, oh, that's actually traded. Oh, that was a cool gas station, man. Let's buy some of that. And they say, you know, I'm trading it, man. It's, it's crazy, man. There's, so, there's I got one that I was going to bring to you guys here soon. It's a gas station up north. I love this gas station. Every time you go in, it's packed. It's a publicly traded company, man. It's gotten smashed in the sell-off. This is some shit you want to own, man. What about Denny's? People go to Denny's in good times and bad times, man. Look at the stock on Denny's. Look how bad it's been smashed. There's so many of these lower mid-cap stocks that have... They're down so low that if you have the patience and you know the money flow and you lay it over it and you just give it some time and you add on the thing, man, they're going to 200, 300, you know, when? I don't know. Could be a year from now. No, it's not quick trip. Come on, man. It's not quick trip. Um, somebody's going to guess it. That's a good one, too, though. She said Waffle House all day. I do like, problem with Waffle House, dude, the menu's kind of jacked up. Oh, and then exits, taking profits like a professional. If you follow me, you know I like to use RSI, um, the MACD pivot points. Change your environment and you change your life. I do a lot of coaching calls, man, one-on-ones. I like doing them too. be honest, I've, really, I, I've, I've liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And because each situation is unique, everyone's position is unique. And if you haven't had a chance to look at the book, the psychology of money, I actually went back and reread it after I started doing coaching calls. Cause I would go, Oh shit, I think I heard this in that book. So I went back and reread it and there's a, we all come at money differently in life because it, honestly, it's based on how you were born. It's, you know, that's fair or unfair, man. But not 7-Eleven, you guys trying to come and go, baby. Yeah, that's a weird name, huh? That's a weird name. I'm like a perpetually 14-year-old boy because I see that name and giggle. I don't know what's wrong with me, man. Change your environment and you change your life. Most people have a team of people who support their desires to increase and expand. Oh, don't, most people don't. Many people are desperate to finally be able to express their true authentic self, but they can't. If they run with negative people who actually promote mediocrity, some that's some new shit I'm writing. Um, that book, The Psychology of Money, he talks about that. Like, if you're you were born and your dad was a hustler, you're probably a hustler. You, you get it. You appreciate it. If you're in an environment where people are selling stuff on the street or people are, to, you, then you probably take to that. You know, if you were born in an environment where everything's digital and some of the most valuable things to you is the time that you spent playing on a video game, like you cherish those moments. To someone who's maybe 50 or 60, they see that as wasted time. To you, you look back and that was some of the, you know, you really enjoyed that. Well, it's very easy for you to take to Bitcoin, to doing documents on DocuSign, like because you have a natural a natural instinct to value things that are digital, and if you came from a world that you know shit you didn't even do email till you were 50 you know you're going to be like man hell with that man Bye. because you come from a world valuing something physical and unfortunately a lot of us a lot of us uh a lot of us have had these messages planted in us from our our our, our uncles and our you know our parents the environment we grew up in and it's like Nobody talked about stocks. Well, I don't know if you know this. Warren Buffett's daddy was a stockbroker. So what do you think the chances are they were talking about stocks at the, at, the, at the Buffett house? Right? You get what I'm saying? So he had an advantage. Well, if you're born into a family in a community, that's not talking about that. They're using pawn shops as banks. You know, they're pawning things. They're buying lottery tickets. They fucking, you know, like if that's the world you're grown up in, you, you're the way you see money and the way you see investing is gonna be filtered, you know, through that environment. So, what's cool about that is like if you recognize that, then you can be the sixty-year-old who buys some Bitcoin. Because you're like, yeah, this is the like future. I, I get the connection. I see why some people value it because they grew up with, like you're, you're able to transcend that. You're able to see and not be stuck. And you're not the guy going, hey, get off my lawn. Like that's not you, man. You're able to see things and, and, and you can watch it as people age. They'll be like, well, you know, in my day, uh, we didn't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, grandpa, we'll just stay in your day. But the rest of the world has moved on. And so, as an investor, you have to be looking at things and moving on, man. Cars will evolve. Whether we like it or not, there will be more and more electric cars. And, you know, one of the reasons I always kept my Ford shares is like, it seems like they'll make electric cars when the time comes, you know. And guess what we're seeing? They're putting out electric cars. Um, you know, but it takes growth stocks like a Tesla to push that idea. Well guess what? Campbell's Soup was a growth tech stock, guys. They're, they were one of the first people to figure out how to condense food safely and package it and market it in a can. And they were a growth stock, like a Roku, like a, a, a an Uber. I mean, it was a new idea, you know, that you could buy chicken soup in a can. Was At one time was, wasn't there, and then it was there, you know, and 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 guess what? If you're 90 years old, you're gonna be like, we don't eat soup out of a can, we make our own. and And they wouldn't progress. And there were people that they had to drag, pull them into having electricity in their house because they thought for sure it would burn the whole place down. That God was the deliverer of light, nobody else. There were literally people in the church that were against electricity in the church that said only in God, in the beginning, that God was the creator of light, not man. That by doing that, we were throwing off the natural order of things. Like Bitcoin could destroy. Like it's the same thing always. This game is five thousand years old. People have been trading. trading, put money on a deal. You go over and you pick up deals. You bring back the deal. We sell the deal. Doesn't that sound a lot like stock trading? You pick your market. You find your quantable edge, right? You 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 figure out what you're trying to make. What they anticipate, what they can flip it for, the difference is, is we can do that shit electronically now, fast. Your grandfather can't do it because he just fucking decided his brain can't comprehend new shit. He ain't doing it, and so he can't go and understand investing in a Roku. He's barely learning email, but you, and here, and this is what the point I'm trying to make to that is, if you were holding all, if you're young and you were holding all growth stocks, no shit. That's what you grew up with. These are the companies that you know. You use Square. You use. So when Buffett was a kid, it's Union Pacific Railroad. It's, you know, GE. It's, you know, Walmart was a growth stock at one time. And if you lived in Arkansas in the 1960s, Walmart was like like, uh, Quick Trip, or like going to Dollar Tree, like it was—it was one of those stocks of the day, man. You know, and, and 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 to own Walmart stock would not be that uncommon if you live in Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of people in Atlanta, Georgia own Coca-Cola stock. It's the headquarters for Coca-Cola. There's a big sign right there, and a lot of like. And so, listen, how many people you think? How many people have grown up in the ghetto or lived in the horrible areas? Of Atlanta with a big fucking Coca-Cola sign flashing and no one there can figure out how to get wealthy. And there's a guy sitting in Omaha, Nebraska. He doesn't live next to it. He's sitting in Omaha, Nebraska reading a paper and he's able to become billionaire from it. And there's people that live right across the street. They don't own any. None. And I guarantee you, there's places right next to you, right now, it's just been flashing, 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 flashing. You're driving around trying to find a stock, man. How do you pick stocks? Open your eyes? Where do you think money comes from, man? Not from your pocket, it comes from other people's pockets. But most of you walk around, you're afraid to talk to anybody. You don't talk to any strangers. Got your head down, listening to your dumb shit, wasting time watching stupid, funny videos, going from your job, sitting on a train, oblivious to the world around you, don't have any content, every day, man, every day. If you meet me in person, I try to get you to follow me on Instagram. When I go over here at Valet Park to pick up my car, every one of those dudes know what I do. I tell them all the time, I invest in real estate, I own stocks, I'm a stock trader, what do you do besides Valet Park? And they all say, hmm. And I go, well, they're all hustling. They don't, they valet park for money on the weekends. It's cash. They're not taking their weekend off, sitting around doing nothing. They have regular jobs and then they valet park. These are hustlers, man. So I'm like, hey, me too, bro. What's up? They're in their 20s. I'm in my 50s. You know what? They know properties. So one of them may say, dude, I know this dude. He's a YouTuber. He's an Instagrammer. Yeah, he's this old gray-haired motherfucker. He he says he buys. I, let me t- DM him see if he can pick up that house of yours. So every human being that I come in contact with, what's up? And then if if within a second, if I think they're not a complete loser, hey man, you, you know, as quick as I can work it in, I want them to follow me on Instagram. Why? Money, man. They got money or resources or ideas or stock picks or something. Shit, it could just be I need help moving a couch. It could just be that, you know, boom, 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 bada bing. So what is that, man? Man. It so mu- has so much to do with trading, and yet it has nothing to do with trading, right? Whether you change your vocation or not, your actions for the present must be those pertaining to the business of which you are now engaged in. Meaning the better way to, the best, a way to get a better job is to be too good at the job you got. You can get into, into the business and you go, what do you mean? Well, there's good valets and there's not so good valets. So I, I, as a guy trying to push my intent, as I talk to them, see how an interaction of two hustlers meeting each other could lead to something possibly? But if his intent is to ignore me, he ain't thinking about me, right? He's thinking about, he's not doing the job the best way he can. Listen to this. Whether you change your vocation or not, your actions for the present must be pertaining to the business in which you are now engaged. You can get into the business you want by making constructive use of the business you already established in, by doing your daily work in a certain way. Didn't say doing it your way, ignoring your customer. It said doing it in a certain way. And as far as Your business consists in dealing with other people, whether personally or by letter, the key thought of all effort. Listen, the only reason to talk to a customer is to convey to their minds the impression of increase. So whenever we deal with customer support that we feel like we didn't like, it's because they didn't increase us. They decreased us. They stole our fucking time. They stole my time and they didn't increase me. In other words, they didn't give me what I wanted. I didn't get better service. I didn't get a refund. I didn't get, it wasn't, something about it wasn't what I wanted. So if a customer interacts with you and they walk away feeling decreased, so if, if you're a realtor and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? When I walk away, I need to know a little something more than when I met you. I need you to increase into me, push on me. Let me know, man. So if you're a broker, man, hey, help me out, man. Take me by the hand. Why? I got your money. I got the real estate broker's money, man. I got the real estate agent's money. It's in my pocket, right? So that if they can impress increase into me, I want to be around people that can increase me. Man, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this will change your life, man. Most people, watch them. Watch as you walk around. They are ignoring you. They don't give a shit. They're not looking at anything around them, man. They are sleepwalking. They come into a room, they're not looking for, they're not watching the money flow, man. They're not looking at, at tickers and what the exchange are. Or what the, they're not doing that, man. And, and of course they're not. That's not the life they're living, man, right? They're doing their thing, going to work, party on the weekends. Like, you know, everybody starts like that. And then one guy in the group goes, hmm, let me go do this, man. Let me get a little more. And all of a sudden, you're different than those people. And if that continues on for a minute, and especially if you get some more, go make some money, man. First house I flipped, I made $55,000. I'd never made more than 30 working in my life, ever, in a year. And make fifty-five grand in one transaction. They hand me the money, and I'm working, and I got a side business, and I'm doing shit on the internet, and I got a check for $55,000. And I'm like, there's no job in the world for me, for me. They're gonna cut me a check for fifty-five thousand for one day. Now there are jobs that do that. I'm just not qualified to get them, man. You get what I'm saying? And so what that told, and guess what? I found that by talking to a dude at Tractor Supply. And ever since then, man, I've been just like I found the stock FCX Freeport MacMoran was given to me by a guy in Las Vegas, and it was four dollars. And I wrote it from four to 50 by talking to a guy at a bar and everyone else in that fucking bar was not worried about this at all. They were worried about themselves. They weren't talking to strangers. They're not looking for, they're not doing any of that. They're just them worried about them. And I said, Hey man, what's up? That's all it takes. And he's like, Hey, and and then he saw what I was, I was looking at charts. He says, you into stocks? And I was like, yeah, man, I am. He goes, he's drinking, he had a Rolex on, dress real nice, dress real nice, I'm looking like a chump. He's like, takes his drink, sets it down, and goes, I just bought $1 million of FCX. Read up on it. I'd never heard of it. Freeport Mac man. Now, I didn't have any, I couldn't buy a million dollars, but it went to $50. I don't know where he sold, so I may have been talking to a guy that turned $1 million into $55 million. I don't know. I don't know where he got off, but he gave me this... He, Think about that, a stranger, a meeting with a stranger, and he gave me that if I would have had a million dollars, I could have made fifty-five million too. A fucking meeting, by just talking to a stranger. Think about that, man. And it, that told me that money is anywhere and everywhere. It could be in a words. It could be a, what a baby's eating. It could be like it's. It could be a valet guy over here. It could be. A dude that I'm talking to on a, on a coaching call and they say something and I'm like, oh, shit, I've been doing that too. Like, bam, I just got more than the money they – like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it, those transactions, man, that's trading too, man. This shit transcends. It transcends the money flow. Once you start getting into the deep, 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 deep and you combine it with the science of getting rich and work ethic and the way you see debt and you, you begin to see all, like you realize this is an organic living thing, man. Like this shit is bigger than trading and stocks and, or real estate, it's bigger than that. It's fucking religion. Like it's the way you see money flow, man. All of a sudden business takes on a whole different way, man. And you start to think, man, I could do eight, nine things. You know, you're, you're tra- you, be- you begin to see ways of transcending time. Sometimes people will tell me, I don't have time to do this. Like, no, 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 man. You're wasting your fucking time by not having time. If you don't have time to buy real estate, you are wasting your time. You're putting it on lower ideas, man. And, 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 and you're like, well, and I don't mean don't do those other things. I mean somehow figure out a way. You, I used to call it stealing. The eighth day is about me stealing time from my family. Yeah, I got a kid. I got a wife. I got a fucking this. I got that. I got a, you know, I was, and, and you know, at time. Maybe you're trying to do college. Like I, I couldn't take it, but then you're working. And so I got to steal time. You don't write a book when you, everything is, well, I'm going to go on vacation this week and I'm going to write a book. Like, no, you have to steal the time from family. You have to do it at night or get up early or do it on Sunday. Trading, you're going to have to steal it from people. You're going to steal that time. They're not going to let you have it. You know, building a real estate empire, you have to steal that time. They will not let you have it. Your job will try to suck it. Your friends, your family, you have to steal it. That's called the eighth day, meaning you have to create time that other people don't have. And the one thing that poor people have is no value of time. They're putting their time on low level ideas everything is about low level ideas, low functioning things. They're functioning on things that can't make them abundant. You know, yeah, you need to brush your teeth, right? But that, I mean, that actually might could help you out, but you get what I'm saying. There's, there's low level activities and there's high level abundant activities. Trading is one of those. Business is one of those. You know, entrepreneurship is one of those. Getting a Fucking skills, so that you can get a raise and move up at work. That is one of them. What do they call that? Uh, 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 when you're, what's the entrepreneur, and you work in a business. But you get what I'm saying. Like you need to be a tool of your business, in the sense that they need you. You should do your job so well they never want you to leave. You are that fucking job. You're the very definition of what that is. That's how you get a better job when you're too good for the job you have. And you know if you get too good at doing construction and working on properties, they make you the foreman. And if you get too good at the foreman, they make you the project supervisor. And if you're too good for that, why you're not the investor yet, I don't know. You know, the quick, I was trying to explain this. It's the impression entrepreneur. Yeah, and you should be one, man. And, um, you know, I see all these young dudes, like these guys here are cutting tile. These guys are putting, working for me, putting in tile. Man, ain't no money in that they then that they know they're going to do that their whole life. It's fucking dumb. What they're doing is not dumb. The way they're going to do it is dumb. I do that stuff too in Texas. Right? But the difference is, is I own the building. So if you're doing that on a building you own, you wait you make more money than a guy who's getting paid to do it by the way. Cuz your money goes on. So now imagine if my buddy Anthony who who does home repair and builds small, it looks like projects and build things for you, right? You call him, he does something on your house, you know? He gets paid once and he leaves. And that's 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 how that's way, I mean, that's, that's what a man does. That's how you make money, right? But when you own the building, you keep getting paid. It just keeps coming. It just keeps coming, man. And you know, that's the problem with work or active money is it's they pay you and then you gotta get up the next day and do this shit again. Then they pay you and you gotta get up and do it again. And somehow we've gotta get money. You know, Buffett talks about it. We've gotta get money that once we get it over here we can make money with the money and not us. Trading is one way to do that, you know? So if you're gonna trade though, like I said in the beginning of all this, I know I went too long here, man. Pick your time, pick your time slot, pick all that stuff, you know? Pick, pick your time frame. Pick the market you're going to trade. Keep it simple, dude. Start simple. You know, get just a couple things, man. No big deal. Trade just a handful of stocks, a couple index funds. Watch gold, the S&P, and just stay with that. Take small trades and just trade it. Just trade it. No big deal. Have no expectation. Give it months and trades and, and just go through the flow. Pick your market. Pick your position size. Think on it. Why did you buy that much? What's the goal? How big you want it to be? Think on this shit when you're laying in bed, right? Entering, what's your entry? What's your exit? What's a, do you have a stop? If so, why? What's the purpose of the stop? Think on this and then put all this shit together. And that, sh- this was, this was my trading log, guys. That was my trading log. You know, this was the shit that I was going to use in my trading. And I just began to write it down. And um, you sh- you should eventually be at least knowing what yours is. Write it down as you go, man. Hey, I appreciate everybody. If anything I can do to help you, let me know.